Hi, and welcome to the Energy Intelligence Podcast Series. Today's episode will be focused on oil markets, uh, which have been turbulent, which have been volatile, um, and we only expect that to continue. Uh, my name is Abhi Rajendran. Uh, I head up oil downstream market research and energy intelligence. I also head up our North America-focused energy practice. Um, and I'm joined by my colleague, uh, Julien Matonier, who is a senior oil markets and analyst and correspondent. Julien, uh, welcome to the podcast. Good day, Abby. Thank you for having me. Great. So certainly, you know, just, just to tee up the discussion, it has been, you know, an extremely difficult uh, start to 2022. Uh, you know, first we started off with, uh, you know, supply disruptions and, and limitations. And then, of course, everything got, you know, taken up to the next level with, the Russia-Ukraine conflict that started about two and a half months ago. Um, and since then, there have been all sorts of disruptions and, and market dislocations. And, you know, and, and we only expect many of those to continue. But what we wanted to talk about today is, is the fact that you know, I think the, the market has been you know, very focused and very distracted by supply side dynamics. You know, what's going on with Russian exports? What's going on with Russian production? Uh, you know, what is OPEC plus doing or not doing? Um, you know, how much more supply is there in non-OPEC plus to help deal with the market? You know, uh, on top of that, SPR releases, you know, all of which have been, you know, sort of a, you know, a little bit of an obsession with the market over the last couple of months. But, you know, where we wanted to actually shift the conversation is 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 on the demand side, and and we think it's still pretty early days in uh, in the market. You know, digesting all the moving parts on the demand side. Uh, you know, we think there are uh, you know a lot of factors, some short term, but some kind of more chronic uh, drivers that are going to last for you know at least a couple of quarters. Uh, that we think you know that the market is. You know, extremely slow at this point to to digest and to and to factor in. You know, all we are seeing is you know sort of slight you know demand re- uh, adjustments, uh, mainly short term to account for you know China COVID lockdown and uh, you know and, and some modest economic impact in Europe. But but we think you know to put it simply, which is the title of this podcast, um, that the that the you know the the risk of a global recession um, or at least you know large swaths of, of, of the world, different regions going into recession um, is quite real and quite uh, and quite high. And this is something that the oil market is just simply not digesting because of sort of short term supply disruptions. So, the, you know, this is the topic that we wanted to talk about today. Uh, maybe I can just uh, uh, hand it off to you, Julian, just to walk through uh, two things. You know, one, you know, where our, you know, sort of our, our pre-war or early days of the war demand uh, forecasts were, uh, you know, maybe by quarter uh, through the end of this year and looking out to next year. And the second point is, you know, where, you know, where we are, uh, you know, updating these, these forecasts, you know, what, what are we changing and why? Um, so Julian, maybe I can just hand it off to you. Sure, Abby. Um, uh, just, just to give a, a, a bit of, uh, a bit of a background, it's uh, all demand is, is now is, is facing the double whammy of higher prices and uh, you know substantial risk on the economic front, and uh, you are right. We've we've been talking a lot about the expanding array of sanctions on Russia after it invaded Ukraine, uh, and it's created trade and inflation headwinds. And the problem is that 
they dovetail with a steep uh, resurgence of, of COVID case loads in, in China, uh, which has compounded the shortage of commodities, but which is also uh, sort of a denting demand and, uh, and enticing most forecasters to, uh, uh, to revise their, their expectations for, uh, for 2022, including uh, ourselves. Uh, so uh, if, we, if we look where we had demands previously, uh, we were for the, we were expecting for, for for the average of 2022 something you know in the triple digits something breaking through uh, the psychological sort of a hundred uh, million barrels per day of consumption for 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 the average of the year. Now we're we're thinking that uh, we won't be able to achieve that, especially is as you say uh, recession uh, is starting to uh, kicking in. Uh, on uh, on uh, you know global growth and 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 we're seeing uh, you know more clues of that happening, um, which which sort of uh, uh, changes of view on 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 the demand for the year. So 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 uh, looking back at what we had before uh, the war, uh, Q1 was like uh, you know eighty five sorry ninety eight. Uh, 0.65 million barrels per day, moving slightly up to 98.7.75 in the second quarter. This will not happen anymore. We see a slump in the second quarter, so we are most likely uh, to have 98.3 million barrels per day of consumption. So, you know, the, the slump has now materialized. You know, the risk has crystallized and it's there in the number. And then moving into the third uh, quarter, we expect a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, an upsurge, of a little bit of a rise in in, in the demand because uh, we still got a bit of jet fuel. Uh, uh, I mean, expectations over the summer. You know, people traveling, uh, uh, summer driving season kicking in, so more demand for gasoline. So, so, so we expect a, 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 an up move, maybe in the region of 100, uh, 100, uh, 100 point, uh, point one million barrels per day. Uh, for the third quarter, and then it's getting more difficult uh, for the fourth quarter. Um, we previously had a, a hundred and two million barrels per day, uh, but again, we don't think was will be achievable. Uh, now, a more reasonable target could be a hundred at best, but you know, depending on how badly the, the, the recession is hitting the global economy. Uh, this number might go down to 99 or 99 point something. You know, achieving this this triple digit sort of of uh, of uh, uh, number uh, is is it could prove much more difficult than we initially thought. Yeah, I think I think I think you hit the nail on the head there, right? Which is that you know you're, you're seeing ongoing you know modest demand revisions from the IEA, from OPEC, uh, you know both of which just recently came out, both of which are you know still you know at 102 million barrels a day towards the end of the year. Um, you know, kind of same story with with the EIA. Um, they're just simply not you know even close to. Uh, the you know kind of the, the magnitude of the of the demand hit that that you could see, um, you know in in recessions in the past, right? I think you've seen uh, you know demand pull back on average about you know one and a half to two percent at the most, right? So that would be about you know one and a half million barrels a day, let's say. Um, but I think I think the one thing that's that there are two things that's different this time. You know, the first is the you know, kind of the the standoff between the EU and and and, and Russia. 
where you know simply part of the adjustment from from the European side to you know kind of either directly embargo or self sanction away Russian oil, um, you know may simply have to be to to cut back on 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 consumption. Um, and, and the second point is that you know you know there's a lot of focus on. You know, this price sensitivity on demand, right? The, you know, what sort of prices um, will, will lead to a demand destruction? Um, and, and the focus is, you know, has kind of been myopically on, on, on the oil price level. You know, is that number 100 or 110 or 120? I think, I think what's, what's, you know, been, you know, missing in that or, or, or kind of missing the point is that, you know, if you just kind of look downstream, right, look, look at diesel, uh, diesel markets are pricing in, you know, 250 to 300 you know, dollar per barrel oil equivalent prices um, in, in, in certain key hubs. Um, you know, gasoline is being pulled higher as well. You know, now only at about 150 um, per barrel. But, but again, that number is moving higher um, as the disruptions take shape. And so, you know, the, we're not talking about $100 oil. Uh, you know, we're talking about, you know, 150 to 250 to $300 oil equivalent for, for products that consumers actually buy, right? Gasoline, diesel, um, jet fuel. And, and, and this is where, you know, you have to be really concerned um, that you can see demand destruction that, that's, that's quite severe and, and, and quite quick. Um, you know, should I, maybe you can just talk a little bit about, about those two points, in particular, um, you, know, the, you know, the impact on Europe. Uh, both from just kind of a, a macroeconomic perspective, but also, you know, from, from an embargo standpoint, maybe, you know, there's, there's a good chance that, you know, you just can't find uh, the, the product that you need to translate it into demand, right? Whether it's diesel or other products. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, as you say, uh, it's not just a, a price point at which all, all demand destruction might happen. You know, the problem is, yes, it's about inflation. There is nowhere to hide from inflation. You know, it's not it's not just oil and gas, but, but it's also metals, it's fertilizers, it's food, it's construction materials. It's it's absolutely everywhere. And 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 by the way, crude oil is a very good inflation gauge because you know, the pass through between oil and inflation via, you mentioned the gasoline prices, for example, gasoline or diesel prices, this pass-through is, is significant. For example, in the US, it, it's only uh, uh, gasoline and, and diesel are only 3% of the US uh, uh, CPI index, but it explains 50 to 75% of, of the price variance, so of the daily price swings that you observe in, 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 you know, in the price of the of, uh, uh, an average uh, basket of goods. So this is a concern. You know, in, inflation is a concern for, for demand because it's uh, uh, the energy crunch that we see right now is already hitting consumption. So as you say, you know, demand destruction might happen at a range of, uh, you know, 120 or above $150 per, per, per barrel. Uh, and, and this is the point where we might see a, a sort of... Um, a demand response, uh, but you know, commodities they can still go up even with an economic slowdown and lower demand because it's a supply side shock. So you know, it's 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 uh, it's a bit like an, in, in the nineteen seventies. Uh, but but what is different from the nineteen seventies is that it's not a shock about the parity between currencies. It's not a shock about interest rates. It's not a shock about foreign exchanges, but it's about the price level. It's about the price level of commodities, including oil. And, and this is something uh, against which 
uh, central banks have very limited fi- firepower, which means that at some point uh, you must uh, you must fend off uh, you know this 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 uh, spiraling sort of uh, uh, price price uh, price rise. Uh, by just cutting on demand, so this is where demand destruction happens. Basically, this is this is this is an effect of uncontrollable uh, inflation uh, from the commodity from the commodity complex. Back to Europe. The second point of your question, I'd say uh, the problem is about yes, it's about uh, the, the the war in the Ukraine as as sort of uh, uh, taken out uh, a, a large amount of supply from the market. I mean, remember. Russia was the EU's fifth largest trading partner before the war. So the EU imported something like 99 billion worth of Russian mineral fuels uh, in 2021. So that's 62% of of the total EU imports from from Russia. So if you take that out, well, for sure, uh, you've got got a, a, a supply issue. You know, you need to replace those barrels with something else. You have to fetch them from a, a farther afield. Uh, you know the, the commodities have to go. Uh, you know to make more uh, um, uh, miles uh, to reach uh, the destination in Europe, and and of course this has a cost, and this cost is fueling uh, a further inflation, and this you know additional inflation is basically denting your demand. So this is where this is why we we, we expect you know a lot of damage uh, uh, in Europe. Precisely because of you know this 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 raging uh, conflict between Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, I think I think you highlighted a lot of main a lot of good and, and important points, um, in particular on the on on the macro side. I think um, you know people are you know sort of focused on on barrel counting, um, and you know the market is not yet sort of uh, cognizant of the bigger picture risks of you know of, of of central banks, especially in the U.S. You know, basically being cornered right and having to. To, to, to fight inflation in a, in a pretty harsh way, and 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 as you pointed out, you know broad broad based, but 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 certainly applicable to the oil and downstream markets that that supply and capacity is quite constrained, um, and there's just very little you know kind of you know help available on the sidelines to help you know sort of alleviate market uh, you know dynamics on the supply side, which means stickier inflation, uh, perhaps you know as the you know, kind of the EU embargo take shape, um, you know, in the next month or two, uh, perhaps even, you know, uh, you know, the first move on inflation may be higher, right? You know, so your pain trade may be higher, uh, which only puts more risk um, as you as you kind of look out to the second half of the year. Um, you know, I just wanted to quickly highlight our our kind of our oil price forecasts, which we think are quite different than than consensus and and the forward curve, which are look like you know we expect. Uh, you know, somewhere around $110 uh, a barrel on average of, of for oil prices this, this quarter in 2Q, um, you know, with prices potentially going as high as, as, as 120 plus. But, but we're quite a bit below consensus for the second half. Uh, you know, we think prices are going to be, you know, more in kind of the, the $80 to $90 range as, as those negative demand revisions take shape. And, you know, and, and, and you still have consensus, you know, comfortably over 100, basically just sort of rolling forward the, the 2Q number um, and, and the forward curve still also at 100 plus. Uh, you know, we think we think those numbers are are due for, uh, you know, for a negative shock. Um, but again, you know, there's, there's sort of this the cyclical, you know, downside risk ahead. 
Um, but but one thing we do see is is higher for longer prices um, on the on the oil side. That you know really you know kind of eighty to ninety is is your new normal. Um, you know for for many many years to come with room for upside, right? So you may be more like ninety to one hundred. Um, in, in 2023, once the, the the macroeconomic picture stabilizes, but um, but but definitely a uh, you know a, a a cyclical downturn and kind of a below consensus view for the second half of the year um, and also into 2023. And Julia, uh, maybe we can just end the the discussion on that point. 2023. Look, I, I think the expectation, you know, the consensus out there is still that the demand will be, you know, about 102 million barrels a day on average, give or take in 2023. Um, you know, again, basically just sort of projecting forward, um, you know, growth from, you know, from the second half of 2022. Um, you know, we think that's at risk too, right? What is our number and, and is there, you know, further room for downside risk there? Yes, we think this is uh, at risk uh, uh, too, exactly, because uh, the, our previous number uh, was pinning uh, uh, 2023 growth uh, uh, slightly above uh, uh, 101 uh, million barrels per day. Uh, uh, sorry, was pinning our growth uh, uh, slightly above 102 million barrels per day. Uh, now we think will be 1 million barrels per day, well below that, that previous target. So 101. Uh, looks a more reasonable target, uh, hopefully slightly above. So our current number is 101.2. Uh, but as, as as we said, you know, the risk of recession is higher. Global growth will slow si- significantly in 2022. And, you know, the effect of that will be passed through uh, 2023, uh, you know, largely because uh, uh, the, the, the tail effect of a recession uh, will last, and also more importantly, the supply shortages in some sectors are expected to last well into 2023. So you will see the tail effects of uh, you know those, you know these impediments and the tail effects of a recession uh, still paying on on 2023, which is why we don't think uh, one or two million barrels per day is no longer possible, and and we pin down uh, uh, as I said one million uh, barrels per day below that seems a more reasonable uh, forecast at this point. Yeah, thanks, Julian. Yeah, and especially you know, kind of the early part of 2023, we'll we'll certainly you know continue to see you know a, a tough macro environment that you'll see you know later on this year. Um, okay, I think that's all the time we have. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this discussion. You know, we will be covering oil markets very closely. And again, as as, as we kind of teed up the discussion by saying, um, you know, we'll be focused a lot more on the demand side and, and, and certainly more than we think you know many in the market are at the moment. Um, and we think you know demand and macro will be. You know more important factors than um, than than many realize uh, over the next several months. Thank you for listening to the podcast, Julian. Thank you for joining, and, and we look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Energy Intelligence Podcast. Please check back with us soon for our latest content, which you can find at energyintel.com. Mm-hmm.